baby. Now we got bad blood in your house. Hello and welcome to the Hitman's Last Great Year, a Smack Attic podcast project. We're talking about Bret Hart's final year in the World Wrestling Federation, which is roughly lining up with 1997. I am your host, Matt Vaughn, and oh, the lights just went out here, and I hear organ music, and I see red lights by the entrance, and that's... That's it's Will. That's gotta be Will. That's gotta be Will. That's gotta be Will. And Will is doing the solid of having red, <laughs> literally changing the lights behind him. Uh, it's my it's my brother and yours. Will Vaughn is here. Will, thank you for being on the podcast and for being the brother of everyone listening to the show. Matt, I got a hot take right off the right off the top. I got a hot take regarding this show. I is don't it, think is, I've is ever it, heard the posts. I, I I've never that, heard anyone. <laughs> I've never well posts is what you do after we've recorded, but. I've never heard anyone uh, say this before. I'm going to be the first to say it. I don't think that's Kane. Oh. I, I I don't think that's Kane. I think it's somebody. I think it's supposed to be somebody else, and they just botched it and they uh, said it's Kane. Uh, the How next night on Raw. Uh, Skip. Vince I don't McMahon. think that's Kane. I don't think that's Kane. Skip. You gotta, I don't think that's Kane. I just I don't. Yes, yeah, Skip. I'll tell you what I think. I don't think that's Kane. Yeah, if you're going to be a hot take artist, you do that. I like that. That's good. You just be a, you're a Kane truther. Um, like we, we will talk about Kane, and I've said it before in the podcast. Kane should not work. The idea that you would introduce a brother of the Undertaker years and years after he's already debuted, it should, it, it just, it's, it's stupid. It should be stupid. It's not stupid. Years and, after he debuted yeah. as, uh, and at one time was named Kane the Undertaker. He was called Kane the Undertaker. Yeah, I, I saw footage of Gene in the control room calling him that. A man named Kane. Uh, and it said, said Kane, quote, The Undertaker, unquote. And there's a picture of, like, little baby Mark Calloway and, like, his, you know, under-eye makeup and hat and stuff from, that. like, Survivor Series. Yeah. Oh, man. Look, Folks, we're talking about In Your awesome. House. In Your House, Bad Blood. Came out. Uh, came out. It was, It aired on pay-per-view, October 5th, 1997. It was in the Keel Center in St. Louis, Missouri. It was, they fit 21,000 people in this arena Supposedly, is that a shoot, brother? The, <laughs> attendance is eighteen thousand, and so it seems like it seems like they're packed to the rafters. I don't know. This is a show. This is a time when they do not, they don't sell out shows. It's a lot of one third falls, like throughout Raw, even pay per views. It's like ah, it's like 70 percent full. This is I don't know. I mean, it seems pretty full, and they announced it as really full, and I I am inclined to agree. I don't know. So according to Wikipedia, the Keel Center, now Enterprise yes. Center, where the St. Louis Blues play, yes. uh, can do 22000 for a concert. Okay. And okay. this is one of those WWF shows where it's got the tiny, uh, a tiny set, almost as tiny a set as you can possibly have. There's no screens anywhere except for like the Jumbotron kind of above Jumbo. I put that in quotes because it's one of those um, very old school, uh, gigantic like screen t- uh, or, or tube TV uh, things. Yes. Um, hanging from the ceiling, but um, not the only thing hanging from the ceiling tonight, brother. Uh, but it has just a tiny set. We've, we've ditched the house, of course. We're not uh, – I, I keep forgetting this isn't in your house. I just keep calling it bad blood, maybe because yeah. of the excellent raw pay-per-view from uh, 2003 um, or, or two that everyone loves so much. It was so good, right? You saw that one, man? Um, well, I, I definitely saw it, yes. Anyway, it's it's a, a tiny set with some uh, some – uh, a chain link fence in there, but it is uh, it is jammed, and at times it's cacophonous. At times, uh, the ninety seventh row, you hear a guy taking a sip of his uh, the bottom of his Pepsi because it's just we'll get into it. But uh, this is not wall to wall a solid outing. Will, I don't know what you mean. I know not to what you. Mean. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then uh, you have a hot take of your. I understand. Okay, yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, we're we're talking bad blood. Uh, it is. Uh, Will is this the the. <laughs> Is this the low, low, weirdly the lowest key debut of a gimmick match that you've ever seen? Especially considering, like, Hell in a Cell has a reputation almost unparalleled in wrestling business, where it has become something, you know, it's bigger than a cage match. It's, you know, more 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 intense. It's, it's like the most intense match you can do between two guys is a Hell in a Cell match. And, yeah. Wait, I, don't, I don't know. Pretty tell, much. Tell me I'm wrong. Pretty much, you got to solve. You got to you got to finish a feud. You you yell out "Hell in a Cell." They they brought it back for WrestleMania yep. this year. Edge versus uh, Finn Balor, Demon Balor. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it at WrestleMania 28. Undertaker versus uh, Hunter and Sean's the guest referee. It was its own pay per view for a time. Um, it's been kind of um, well. Uh, Hunter's kind of done away with the uh, specific gimmick pay per view. Uh, for the most part, uh, although he said he'll keep TLC around because nobody says, I challenge you to a TLC match. Uh, people want to say, I challenge you, you know, you, me, let's all this hell in a cell. It's just a cool thing to yell at the end of a sentence, uh, besides uh, yelling out war games. Um, yeah, it, it, they, they tried to hype it and, uh, they undersold it so, so hard. Like these guys pretty much solved the hell in a cell match, like immediately, and did probably the best Hell in a Cell match ever, like yeah, right away. Yeah, well, that's the, that's, <laughs> like, that's the whole question. They nailed right? it right is, away. Is it, is, it, is it immediately the best version of this match there could ever be? To the extent probably. of like, oh, is it worth going back to that one? <laughs> well, Mick Foley says otherwise. Um, I can't help but, but think of it. I can't help but compare it to when the Elimination Chamber debuted, right? Where there's so much, there's so much hype around. Here's what it looks like. They have a video package about the actual structure. They had that stupid segment where Eric Bischoff came out and like smacked it around with like a pipe a segment that was like two minutes before like the first oh, yeah, contestant segment. came down to the ring. Um, and then uh, you know who's on top of both those matches? We'll find out uh, at the end of our show. Um, but uh, one individual won both. Yes, won both uh, initial outings. He also won the first. Um, no, he lost the first ladder match ever. At WrestleMania uh, 10. First 10. ladder match ever. Yeah. No, not ever. Come on. Hey, it's the first. All right. Whatever. Let's get this. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's set the stage for Bad Blood because there's a lot to get to before Hell in a Cell. But again, it's also we a won't... tiny stage. We'll yes. set it. Yes. We won't. Uh, we will not uh, belabor the things. Uh, on last week's episode of the podcast, we covered the Raw between Matt Square Garden Raw and Bad Blood. It was supremely uneventful. We said she just said Steve Austin showing up to be read the riot act by Vince McMahon, and truly nothing else happened worth mentioning. Yeah. So no, true, truly, and they they even go back and show that segment on this on this show to um do the uh, okay do the classic thing where um they they have a video package of it something that happened on Raw and it makes you think you missed the coolest thing. <laughs> They're so good at that at yes. being like here's a a better version of the thing you didn't see and you're like or the thing you did see and i was like i saw that segment and i uh, but now it's awesome i don't understand anyway yeah <laughs> i think Vince read now. the riot act uh yes uh do we have a bonus match to talk about later we don't because bret hart is in a tag team flag match later tonight flag match in quotes Will shaking his head shaking his damn head folks it's mdh man <laughs> let's get into in your house bad blood Although I believe this is once again styled "bad blood colon in your house" when they say it out loud. So. Oh, it's so annoying. Just get rid of it. When was the last in your house again? Was it? Uh, it's not is until it like middle of ninety. It's like the, that's like the end of ninety eight, right? No, it's yeah, it's unforgiven. I think technically, I don't know. They, it's no, no. I, I think I think the, those both smell right to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in your house, bad blood. We begin with a video package talking about Shawn Michaels, who is great, but also a total douche these days. He's a cocksure tormentor. 
Sorry, what? they say in the, that's what they say. <laughs> I said pardon. That's what they say in the video. Do you have to call? You have to like. Uh, isn't that something you order when he comes in to get mask? Anyway, um, yes, he's what? been uh, he's been taken to, to Undertaker recently, uh, and oh, okay, no, well, actually, oh, sorry, I quoted that. Cocksure Tormentor is the is in the middle of a sentence that reads this. This is the most exaggerated Vince McMahon written com- talk you could ever have here. <laughs> Vince's fingerprints and oh, man. But tonight, within the unforgiven confines of a specially constructed steel cell, the Cocksure Tormentor will become the tormented. <laughs> You just hear these? I have to write these things down because they're so absurd and they're only from the mind of one man. The twisted mind of Vince McMahon comes from From the twisted mind of Vince McMahon comes. Shawn Michaels. Hell in a cell. Shawn Michaels is about to face Undertaker without Triple H and without trying to save him. And the thing I notice here is that they do – I don't know what this music is called. I wish I could find it. I wish it was on – Apple Music or Spotify in some respect. It's this music they use all the time in their video packages. I've heard them use it so many times. It's this, it's got this little horn section that goes like, it's like kind of triumphant, kind of like it's like epic. It's like okay, it's coming. Oh, everybody's kind of going to stand toe to toe. I swear yeah. they, they they used it for such a long time, like a truly unbelievable amount of time. Uh, yeah, and same with like the the like kind of like. Meep, 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 meep. Yeah, like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the and and the of course like a lot of like orchestral or, or um uh, uh vocal choiry uh epic uh um, just, I mean, he, just he, epic in, in all caps bold and underlined italicized is, is yeah. what this music is. And is there saying those little it's always something being like I gotta take you down. It's quoting a promo or something like that anyway. It's great fun. And it ends with, and now, PlayStation presents WWF Bad Blood in your house. Now, the Bad Blood theme song, or the theme music that they have, yes. stinks. It sounds like stock music from, like, a video, like, No Mercy or something. You give your CAW one of those. Yes. Uh, and you're ready to go. It's just, like, the most generic, like... It's like, if they, if they gave Jobber's music, it's like, <laughs> coming down the aisle... Um. Oh man, who is the jobber with the nickname? Uh, Freddie Joe Floyd. I don't know. Freddie Joe Floyd. Sure. Yeah. No, Freddie totally Joe fits. Floyd. Uh, so yeah, we we begin with Rocky Maivia, D'Lo Brown, and Kama of the Nation of Domination going up against the Legion of Doom and someone else, maybe. Oh yeah. Um. But first. Oh man. And so, here's where we say, or I will say, um, a, a lot of the reason the show isn't fantastic until the main event is because of what had happened earlier uh that day or the the news they get earlier that day where they do have to um they're they're so transparent about it like look this happened and now we got to scramble and and change our card up but it's just a real um boy it's a real it's a real uh cloud over the event and i am still a little bit confused about the extent to which the card had to be scrambled because i i don't fully understand vince before the match starts very quickly tells us that earlier that day, Brian Pillman was found dead and is not alive anymore. He's a dead person. And uh, he didn't say it like that. He said it much more uh, normally. But I, yeah. And so we will come back multiple times to this information. At one point, uh, Vince speculates in a very strange way uh, that I found like off-putting and strange. But don't worry, folks. If you thought that this was not a great way to talk about Brian Pillman's death, just wait till oh, Raw. Wait just till wait till Raw gets, gets way worse. Gets way worse. Oh, boy. Yeah, they said they announced it on the on the free-for-all that uh, yes. Brian Pillman had, had died. And he, the Brian Pillman dude love match will not happen. And... Um, it ends up uh, adding two matches to the card somehow. I don't um, I, I Yeah, I don't know yeah, either. I don't know. I don't know. It's also Now, I will say, it would be crazier if they said he died and the match would still happen. That would be nuttier. Well, I wonder 
if it would have been better to just have like Hunter versus Dude Love or something. Like a match we've seen a million yeah. times, but like it's still might be a better choice but i don't well, know just how make it, mick... just make it eight minutes and have mick go up there and point to the sky and go from there i don't know like yeah i wonder because you can't have dude love who's this happy-go-lucky goofy idiot come out and be like oh have mercy my opponent changed because the other one had passed uh he's up there with hendrix now brother like i don't know how you can have him come out and do that you know so i guess yeah. i talked myself into it and then promptly out of it in and out the Ooh, Legion of Doom hungry. were going to team with Ken Shermock for this match, but he got injured and Doctor said he couldn't compete. And so Hawk gets on the mic and says Shermock might be hurt, but they won't back down. So it is now a two on three handicap match, which is a variation of the handicap match I often enjoy. I think two and a half, uh, two and a half, two, two on two and three, half men. <laughs> two and a half men. I like, I just like the, the vibes of two on three because I think it's you could potentially more realistic. Two three, two people could beat three people on their best day, you know, and a, that kind of, that kind of match. I think potentially, and uh, you know, versus well, two on one is like well. It's always kind of silly. The only other version of this I can remember that of any prominence was WrestleMania 20, right? Rock and Sock Connection versus Evolution. Mm. Does it ever happen to get with any, any... Maybe there's some variation of, like, The Shield versus mm, somebody. But usually in modern WWE, they're, they're usually very conscious of, like, has to be the exact same amount of guys. Or even if it's, like, a faction with three guys and a girl, the other faction has to have three guys and a girl. has to be exactly, like, ding-ding, like, perfectly... I mean, yeah. of course, there was, um, I think, years ago on Raw, there was John Cena and Randy Orton versus the entire Raw roster, which yes. is often memed, uh, you know, with regard to athletes who are very good. It's like, this is basically who they are against yes. the entire, you know, whatever, NFL or something. Uh, so you don't see it very often. Uh, and uh, obviously, it shows that the LED's got more guts than brains, but uh, they are tough. So we'll see how they do. They will. They, you know, Legion of Doom dominate for a first while. They're just flying around. There are people who are saying they're running around like light heavyweights. Um, they beat the Nation of Domination down. Then Rocky gets a DT, and the Nation of Domination start cheating to get the edge. Uh, and Kama gets a big heel kick, which Vince deems what a maneuver, which is one yes. of the rare times he actually busts that one out. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's got JR sitting right next to him. He says, what a maneuver, and JR's like, it's like a heel kick. Uh, he, he he gives it a better <laughs> he gives it a better name. Yeah. Uh well, every, every kick the nation of domination does is technically a heel kick. Um, good point. Vince, good point. Vince Especially is, when Rock like wiggles the leg and stomps you. I love that. That's very much a heel kick. Yeah. Um, Vince calls D'Lo as he's punching one of the Legion of Doom in the corner. He calls him the Lennox Lewis of the WWF at the moment. And I don't know if it's just he's punching because he's a punch. He's just. Yeah. And probably punching somebody in the corner, too. Maybe Lennox did that oh, okay. in the fight. I don't know. One of those hyper um, recent at the time uh, reference. Yeah. That Vince made. Uh, wasn't Lennox at uh, one night only? No, when was um, he? he was at SummerSlam 2002. Sorry, 1992. <laughs> was Bulldog. He was at SummerSlam 19, uh, 2004 with you guys in Toronto. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Undertaker versus days. JBL, where the fan ran on top of the limo and almost ripped the top of it and ruined the ending spot of the uh, aftermath of that match. Of course, that would forget. be quite, quite, quite dramatic. Um, Hawk tags, <laughs> Hawk tags in. The referee misses it, so Rocky and Kama hold Animal down so D'Lo can do a frog splash, but only gets two. I like the spot of two guys holding the guy down so he can splash. It's good. <laughs> it's always good. They stretch yeah. him out. Hawk, doesn't, Hawk does get tagged in. The LOD run wild. They try to get a Doomsday device on Rocky, but Farouk wanders out, distracted the Legion of Doom, so they don't do the Doomsday device. And I'm like, well, that's on you guys. Like, It's not like Farouk didn't come out and get in the ring. and do, like he just They just put him down. They're like, oh, okay, we won't do this now. Oh, can I mention something else actually that yeah, happened please. before we finish this match? Yeah, yeah. There was one of my favorite spot of the match was uh, like I think there was another tag where Hawk tries to get in. The ref doesn't let him, so 
Uh, D'Lo holds Animal's legs open, and Rocky just punches him right in the dick. It's a great spot. <laughs> Rock would have some fantastic. good dick punches later, and he would throw his career. Oh, man. The crowd's all over Rocky. They hate him. It, it, again, him and the heel character is just, it works so, so much better. He's so good at it. He's very, very good at it. Uh, so, yeah, with Hawk and Animal distracted, uh, Hawk gets kicked in the back of the head by Kama, and then Rock Bottom for the one, two, three. Sweet Rock Bottom. Looks awesome. It, it was good. And, also, and it's it's believable. It's the kick. It's the rock bottom. It's a combo. Do a couple. I like co- combine combine finishers if you can as much as possible. Because then it always just seems like well that's death. Oh man, we get a super slop drop later in the night, Matt. That you're gonna love. Oh, I love slop drops. Oh man, it's so good. Uh, uh, so yeah, this is a no win like booking uh, situation to to in my view. So you want to pump up the nation again, right? This new nation. Uh, they need to look good. I, I think they should get the win here, but. LOD looks kind of dumb, be like, we can beat him two on three. And it's like, well, you we can't really. And it's more like yeah, well, two on four. Good job, doofuses. Uh, <laughs> I will also say that uh, the LOD, I will give them credit. On the way out, they see a kid who's dressed in LOD like shoulder pads, and they pick him up. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That was nice. I was just like, yeah, good. That's what you kind of, you kind of, kind of, you know. It probably sucks to be that kid to be like, well, we guys, you guys are losers, and I'm dressed like a loser now. So, <laughs> uh, where's my head? Where, mom, take me to the merch stand right now. I want a Headbangers T-shirt. By the way, they mentioned <laughs> that uh, LOD is like, oh, they're the best tag team in the WWF. Uh, they're not the champions though, but uh, they're yeah. still really good. Give it a couple weeks, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get there. Oh, in the back, Sonny and Doc Hendricks are main the superstar line. Uh, the numbers are blurred out for that, as they always are on the WWE Network and Peacock. And well, Doc Sonny and so- says them, though, so you can still yeah. try to die. <laughs> you could definitely still try them. And by the end of the segment, Doc and Sonny are practically snuggling. Yeah, Sonny, what was it? Um, Sonny suggests her and Doc have some fun in the cell later. And, and um, Doc says something like, you know, if, I'll, I'll be there if you'll be there or something like that. Yeah. It's just, just wild uh, insinuation. <laughs> Yeah, Sonny. I mean, Sonny, who would uh, show up later in the show a couple times, once makes sense. The other time, why is she there? That's all sorts of questions about that. <laughs> um, we go back to Vince at the announce table, who more formally announces Brian Pillman's death, a lot of gravity. Um, I have to give props to Vince for not asking if Goldust was involved. Um, that's good. Oh, Lord. I know. Um, Vince, is, they scramble and they replace the Dude Love and Brian Pillman match uh, at the last minute, and they immediately t- segues into. A minis match between Max Mini and Nova and the team of Mosaic and Tarantula. And it was just a strange thing of, like, we hope you'll enjoy this instead. And it's like, I mean, it's just so trivial compared to... No, <laughs> I know. So and like, silly. We know it at home that the, the fans in the arena, I don't think, have any idea what's going on. They must they, have announced they, 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 it on the mic. Well, I was sort of they wondering they put it, like, you know, put it up... Yeah, on the mic of the referee for all or something. I would think that would be, you know, with the level of responsibility I would hope and expect. Yeah, especially if they're expecting a dude love uh, Brian Pillman match. So that also begs the question: Do the minis just like travel around with them? Like they got these right. guys on like on standby? Yeah, uh, just house show circus. Well, I remember who was it? There was is it somebody? I think it's, I think it's some WWF guy. What are the who are the guys who hang out with um, AJ Styles and uh, the the those brother guys? What are they called? Yeah, the good brothers, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl uh, Anderson. Supposedly they have a clause in the contract that says like if you're not going to book us, we don't have to be at the show. Oh uh, yeah, and uh, and I, I think that's a relatively new thing, and I imagine that the uh, the Mindy's probably didn't have that arrangement, and so I bet they're just kind of like, <laughs> well, we're on, we're booked for you, we're booked for the night before, and we have to be ready to, you know, we have our gear here, so. I'm not booked, Terry. I'm not booked. Yeah. Who said that? <laughs> What's that from again? That's Dennis Stamp from uh, oh, Beyond the Mat. 
I, anytime someone's not oh, booked, so I always glad. think of him like, I'm not booked. Like, Terry's like, oh, come on. I need you to be there, please. Not booked, Terry. Terry Funk. Well, I wonder if we'll hear any from, more from him tonight. Uh, or, or family. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, it's insane this these matches introduced the way of Vince being like, hope you enjoy this instead of the uh, match expected from a guy who's not alive anymore. The, this attraction. Uh, Nova, Matt. Is this the yep. same Nova from uh, ECW? Uh, ECW? Is this <laughs> no, the same guy? <laughs> Simon Dean got, was, got a lot Simon bigger Dean. as he got no, uh, older. Yeah, exactly. he grew a lot. Uh, yeah, for this match, the minis flip around as Lawler talks trash about Max Mini, who gets press land on the announce table in front of Lawler, and he was just delighted by that. Just thrilled. Yeah, Tarantula carries him around the ring for like 10 minutes. It's great. Yeah, Vince, tries to, Vince tries to explain the traditional Mexican rules and just says tags sometimes do not matter. Yeah, if one guy leaves the ring, another guy can get back in. Makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think they, are they, are they're even that clear about it. They're just kind of like, ah, uh, yeah, some of these things don't matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> Later on, Max Mini uh, comes in, he gets his ass beat, and then he rolls up, I think, Tarantula, and then mercifully it is over. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he, they botched the spot. I think Max was supposed to come off with a crossbody atop the rope. Tarantula was probably supposed to hold on to him and then get that kind of like arm drag into a pin, but right. he just dropped him and then just picks him up. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about you, Tarantula. Yeah. I don't know what, how that was supposed to go. Um, then we get an ad for a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt and the voiceover weirdly describes the shirt in detail as though we're all blind. It's telling you that like, oh, on the front it's got this this uh, the skull and on the back it's this Austin 360. You know, it's a very very strange way of selling a shirt to me. Subscribe video, you know, um, <laughs> which is which is a big thing now. Yeah, it's Pettengill being like it's Stone Cold Steve, like Pettengill doing like the to the cool tough voice, right? Yes, that's cool. Stone and tough and Cool stuff, Steve yeah. Austin, and not like WWF in your house is coming out there. Ah oh, man, Pettengill, what a gift! What a gift! I'm so glad they brought him back when they had, they had the NXT in your house a few years ago. That was just like such a e- easy win for them and for me. Oh, as a no brainer! He looks great okay. too. He does radio, right? He definitely. Yeah, he's a New York guy, I think. New York? Oh, okay. I thought so. Um, yeah, we get no. You're tennis. probably right. You're we probably get right. for the building, which is I don't know, a record of some sort, apparently. Uh, and then, well, this is what we have Sunny again here. She's going to do a guest announcer here. Are you saying this is this is does not make sense, or does this make sense to you? I mean, this makes sense because this is her job, apparently, right? We talked I mean, about people's jobs on the show. Don Marie's <laughs> job back in the SmackDown six days. Like, what exactly is you say you do around here? Uh, and now we got Sonny, who's just uh, not managing anybody, even though she comes out and says, I know a thing or two about tag teams. Uh, and she's the ring announcer for our uh, uh, championship match, Matt. And this is this has got right. championship pedigree all over it, buddy. Yeah, she really should. <laughs> it's really quite funny just how. Uh, yeah, she used to be involved in the tag team. She's not currently. She's just announcing things. I just find that cu- curious thing. Curious things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the Godwins with Uncle Cletus going up against the Headbangers. If you are not aware of Uncle Cletus, don't get too attached to him. He's here for now. <laughs> he, 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 He's he about to get like flushed. Let's just he say that. Recognize. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's Thank right. You, very good. Very good. Very good. Um, so this is, this is a match where I was annoyed because these are the matches where I want to just absolutely tune out do something else. Come back Why to it later. Why are you annoyed? This is this is a cha- Matt. This is a WWF Tag Team Championship match. Well, I don't. But, I don't but, think you get the gravitas of this match, Matt. And these teams said, you know what? This is a championship match. We're going to give them a championship performance. We're going to spit in the air and catch it in our mouth. There. It's going to be really gross. Oh yeah, dude. Okay, no. that was one. I just things kept happening. This match, I had to note, and I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to note a lot about these things, but it's funny. I don't know. There's a lot I enjoyed. So oh, yes. I know. One of the headbangers spits the air, catches it in his mouth, gets a reaction from the crowd, and the commentators react to it, and they're like, kids, don't do that. And then Jerry Lawler says something that made me genuinely laugh. 
when he says, I think kids should try to put things back where they found them. And I was like, well, that's great. That's, that is maybe, that's near, near peak Lawler for me. I was just very, I was just very, t- very, very much enjoyed myself with that. So thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. He is on one. He's, he is on, <laughs> yeah. he is on one tonight for sure. Um, the headbanger who didn't spit and catch in his mouth, he blows a hurricane around the floor, and then the headbangers try to do either a flapjack or back body drop on Phineas in the ring, and they end up nearly dropping right on his head. It was pretty rough. So Thrasher does a hurricane off the apron, and Vince says, "What a maneuver!" And we didn't catch it on camera at all. I was like, "We gotta, we gotta go back and see that. We gotta <laughs> see that maneuver." And we do, and we see that it sucks. <laughs> like he just sucks. totally he tries botched. to he tries to head scissor him or hurricane <laughs> him or if they're one of the same to you. God, God bless you. Yeah. Um, and just lands right on his back, and uh, I think it's Phineas just kind of like eh, tosses himself. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh man. Very funny the way these things uh, end up. Uh, uh, yes, Vince says he's not anti-South. He says he's from North Carolina, and it's just strange to hear him cough to say, I am from North Carolina. He even says, I, don't, I forget the name of the actual uh, community he says he's from, but he, he does say, I am from North Carolina. I'm a North Carolinian. I did write it down in Pinehurst, South Carolina, or North Pinehurst. Carolina. Yeah. Pinehurst North, that's right. One of those well, two. there you go. Crazy. There he is. Um, what headbanger powerbombs the other onto Phineas for a count of two, which I kind of dug as a move. But when the headbanger uh, goes up for a stage dive move, uh, Phineas catches it. He turns into a powerbomb for the one, two, three, and the tag titles. The headbangers are no longer champions. Champions for a month f- and then never again. What a weak finish too, to this <laughs> match. Like he just catches him in a powerbomb and drops him while we have Uncle Cletus on the outside and, like, you know, uh, uh, Chekhov's uh, slop bucket in the corner. Now, they right. do beat him down with Uncle Cletus and uh, – the yes, horseshoe, horseshoe that he has, of course, which is Very his trademark. So. Yeah. Uh, brought him luck on this night, so you know that, that's nice. Absolutely. Um, but they the, the, they beat him down after the match, and uh, Fink gets on the horn and he says, "If they do not leave the ring, they will be stripped of the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team." Tip. And they're just like, "All right, well, bye." <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll leave then. Oh, I mean, I, yeah. What a, what is a sign of uh, referee overstepping yet again? This is something I find I always find uh, just so frustrating. Uh, is these referees who you know these guys are beating people down? They tell you know Finkel like, "Hey, make sure these guys get these guys to stop because otherwise they're arrested." Or the equivalent of her getting arrested. and More uh, or less, yeah. We'll strip yeah. them of the titles. Uh, and you know, their guess, title. They won't be the Godwins anymore. Yeah, they just have to be uh, Chuck and Steve. And, and Chuck, and, Chuck and Larry. That's, that's right. Um, yeah, so that's that. And the referee's yeah, overstepping. That's going on. Definitely happened. Yeah, three yeah. tag team matches in a row, by the way, if you're keeping track. We see a video on Stone Cold they played on Raw last week where Michael Cole narrated and told us that Stone Cold is by definition a rattlesnake. He's by definition a rattlesnake. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's been running a mock. We also see what happened on Raw last week when Vince gave Austin his options, which are pretty pretty much like get right or get terminated. Because he's like, well, you could bring a doctor's note, which you won't do because you can't because no doctor's that stupid. Uh, or you, you could get terminated. You're terminated, quite frankly. Yeah, and again, that 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 clip looks so much cooler there than it did when we watched it last week on Raw. Yes, it's like right on. Michael Cole is in the back. He says Stone Cold's going to forfeit the Intercontinental Title tonight. But here's Owen Hart to say he's sick of hearing about Austin. All he's going to do is hand Owen the title again. Yeah. And maybe Owen's a little rattled, understandably, from the day's uh, events. I mean, you you actually right. don't really get a – like, all, all these guys are definitely rattled from from right. the, the news from er, earlier in the day. Uh, probably Steve, too, but he doesn't show it at all, um, which is, you know, him being professional. 
Um, but yeah, something that you don't really put into consideration is like, yeah, one of their colleagues just, they found out died earlier in the day and now you got to go like, all right, go on and do the show. Right. Do the pay-per-view right now. Um, and uh, in about uh, a year and a half in the same state, it'll be a lot worse. Damn, oh, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We have to, this is the issue with having a wrestling podcast. We have to confront uh, death and it's a painful thing. That's to- also the problem with totally. life in general. Uh, of course, is that you have to confront uh, death and grieving and things that happen to people that are, are not no. explainable, and it's totally. just painful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Totally. Life includes tragedy and pain. Uh, something I don't quite understand is why this next segment happened. I'm not mad about it. just not sure about what happened. Jim Ross well, is in the ring. It's not a bad segment. You'd no. actually see it on like a modern show, I think. It's actually quite nice. It's odd. Yes, it's, we're, we're um, honoring some St. Louis wrestling legends. Sure, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah and they're uh, like at a time where they're all... Still alive. It's only ninety-seven, so they go they go back into some deep, deep history. Big time. Um, I got an age check for you, by the way. When one particular gentleman comes out, mm-hmm. um, the oldest yes. of the bunch, he would say, yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. can guess how old he is at the time." Yeah, um, the answer is quite. Jim Ross. Yeah, we we just get a parade of guys, and a couple here were uh, people expected, and at least one was kind of a surprise, and I was excited to see him. And um, so, yeah, Jim Ross starts by bringing out the former NWA champion Gene Kaniski who I did not realize was from Canada or they had a connection to St. Louis, but, um, yeah. Or in Edmonton. Purpose, right. And for the purpose of this podcast, he was in Stampede Wrestling back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he later, this is 1997, he would die in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Jack Briscoe, Gerald Briscoe's brother. And he's also a former NWA champion. He also died in 2010. Oh. And then, uh, Dory Funk Jr. comes out next. Sure. Why not? He's another former NWA champion. He also appeared in the 1996 Royal Rumble. He is still mm-hmm. alive. He last wrestled in 2018. Of course he did. Yeah. He, Probably he's got a match like, book next week. He wrestled a fair bit in the 2010s to an extent that is a little bit surprising. He's um, probably booked. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I found surprising, Harley Race is here. He comes out yeah. next. He was most recently in WCW. Uh, Jim Ross announced him as Handsome Harley Race, not as the King, which is what his gimmick was back in the day in the WWF. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Harley Race, a guy I've only grown to appreciate. He's just one of these guys, or along with a Terry Funk, Stan Hansen. Big, big, big boys who were brawlers and, but also top quality guys and were big in like the seventies and eighties and everything like that. And uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the pictures of Harley race where he's got like a 97 inch chest yeah, and like uh, a four inch biceps, but he's just like, he's got the chops. He's got the tattoos on the arm that, you know, were yeah. like carved in with a knife or something before tattoo technology got better. You just look at that and just like the word tough is the only thing you can think of. He just looks, um, tough, as hell. He just looks tough as hell. Now, I will say the production crew is blowing it here because I believe before Dory came out, there were signs that the cameras on the signs that say like Terry Funk, Terry Funk rules. So I think that the fans were expecting something like this. Oh, yeah. uh, when Harley comes out, there's a sign that says Harley Race needs a stone cold stunner. Wow. Like, wow. Give, give Harley a little. That's, well, why? I mean, he, he would take it. That's the thing about Harley Race. Have you ever seen uh, Harley Race managing Vader at WCW? That dude is desperate for him. He just wants to bump, man. He gets ass kicked the whole time. He wants to bump so badly. I love it. So, yeah, yeah. he would. I think he would probably pretty happily uh, enjoy a stunner there. By the um, way, Sonny is also with JR here in the ring. And this is the part where I'm like, why, well, why does she right. have to be there? I guess she's handing she out stands there. Well, she's handing out plaques, and they're like, I, I, there's a close-up of one of them. I forget what it says, but it's like, this, this is nice. And it doesn't yeah. even take that long, really. But no. it is like a show that's two hours and 49 minutes with a, a fair bit of padding in there. At some yeah. point, they realize, no, it can only be, you can make it like two and a half hours. Don't try to hit the three-hour mark because yeah. you're, you're, you're okay. 
It's, it's no one's benefiting from adding and making it that long. Yeah, not necessarily. Uh, not surprising after bringing out Dory Funk. Uh, here comes Terry Funk, uh, his his brother, former NWA Recent, champion. Recently retired at WrestleFest uh, in September. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> retired. You'll never see him again, Matt. Never Isn't see crazy? him again. Uh, much less on WWF programming in the next, like, <laughs> few months. Um, well, that was Chainsaw Charlie. He's a different person. True. True. Uh, Terry Funk, of course, in real life, died recently. Died in the last yeah. year, the, the year this came out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Terry Funk, another guy just huge, huge in the business. You know, one of these yeah. guys you could one of these, one of these guys you could put on a um a Mount Rushmore of wrestling and you go, I don't know, sure. Weird thing to say, but his death was kind of overshadowed by Bray Wyatt passing, I think, the day after. Or it was the day, day after, right? Two days after. It was extremely yeah, close. Right, right. Yes, they were yeah. very close together, right? So unfortunately, like so they both kind of to be memorialized kind of at the same time. Uh right. and uh both guys having excellent things said about them. Uh one of them had an extremely long career, one of them had way too uh, short of a career, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. Um yeah, what a yeah, what a piece of business. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, Terry Funk, Terry Funk, everybody. Again, more death, but you know, it is wrestling podcast, folks. So yeah. yeah. Uh the final two honorees are Sam Muchnick, the famed St. Louis wrestling promoter and former NWA president. And Luthez, who is Luthez, he is a legend. Um, he was the, the video package. They say he's the oldest and youngest NWA champion at the time because he won the, his first title at 21 and he lost his last one at 50. And I just love that as a detail. It's amazing, it, right? Yeah, it's like here's somebody we could never really get, go away from as like, well, he just is the best. Yeah, uh, just somebody who's just so reliable in the ring and uh, and so respected and so you know, uh, I don't know what to say, believable, I guess, cred- credible as a as a wrestling champion. Well, he also uh, started a newspaper, right? The new, the Luthez Press, isn't that one he? That's right. Well, that's a, it's the imprimatur for it, of course. They have they do, they do books as well and magazines. And everything like that. Now, one of the best Luthez Press is Steve Austin. One of the worst, unfortunately, probably Tory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tory. Oh man, uh, poor Luthez. I've to see Tory do that. Um, Sam Muchnick died in 1998, just a little bit yes. of a year after this, and Luthez died in 2002. So Sam Muchnick, yeah, is born in 1905. Uh, in uh, so sorry, he is sorry, 90... sorry. Let's hold on. Let's run the back. You said he yes, was born. Yeah, in, yeah. He was, sorry, what year was he born? Nineteen oh five. Okay, so he was he was legitimately born in the Wild West. He was born in the Wild West, and he promoted like wrestling. You know, he's ninety two years old here. Years old. Uh, he is carried out kind of by Luthez and another uh, individual. Uh, he looks extremely old, uh, but yes. it's touching. You know, it's always nice when you can really, really honor the old guys. They're still yeah. at least he, he seems to have his wits about him. So he's, you know, very nice. And, right. you know, everyone's giving it up for the, the St. Louis legends. Um, a couple le- legends that uh, I'm surprised aren't there is Bob Wharton Jr. and Sr. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I think of them both as Kansas City, like as, as Missouri wrestlers. So maybe they... not St. Louis specifically. Yeah, were they? Are they? Is it more of like they weren't part of that? Um, or maybe they weren't part of the territory? NWA. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah, that might part be of it. The world Wrestling Federation. The closest thing I can think of is like why would they would do this? Is that um, Sam Muchnick was very respected, and he was NWA president for a long time. They said so. And you know, this is a guy who is helping to make very crucial decisions in a very you know interesting time in wrestling, where they're like they're just making decisions on things and saying this guy will go around to this place and he'll be champion for X number of years and but but up but on. Anyway, it's very it's just a very interesting time. Like I think there's a lot of that. Um, a lot of the territory stuff that's still kind of like I don't know some history in there that's really pretty fascinating for wrestling fans. I don't think we know as much of it as we as we could. Well, we see a million you know like newspaper uh, um, uh, uh, pages being like, oh, the title's on the line now. Like back when wrestling, people thought wrestling was real. You know, back in like the, the old 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 days. Uh, so it's also a, probably a bunch of stuff that you can't see 
because there's no television deal. That's what Vince would uh, kind of work on more. But right. uh, JR, extremely effusive in his praise for Sam Muchnick, calling him the um, greatest promoter of all time. Wow, that's pretty high praise. I mean, I mean he's yeah. no Tony Khan, but, uh, you know, he's, he's good. <laughs> Exactly. How many times did he win the Wrestling Observer Award for that? What if Sam Mustick had a, a Twitter account? You know, we have to think about that. <laughs> we really don't have to think about it, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he was born in 1905. I have to imagine he would be, probably would have been removed from Twitter for uh, <laughs> banned for sharing opinions, something like that. Of course. Um, we go to the back after celebrating all these nice guys. We go to see Doc Hendricks. He's with Farouk in the Nation of Domination, and Doc suggests that Farouk has a good chance at this Intercontinental title match because he's going to get so in heart and. Steve Austin is around. Steve Austin calls him problems for Owen Hart. Farouk is pretty much unbothered by that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. This is where Vince is at the announce table, and he shares that Brian Pillman's death was not foul play, but then he just speculates wildly for no reason at all that it might have been a drug overdose. He could have said legal or illegal. We don't know. And guess what? Brian Pillman did not die of a drug overdose. No. It was a heart. Um, he had a heart condition that was condition. genetic. Yeah. Was from his father. Um, yeah. Of course, my heart just went out to Brian Coleman Jr. It was like, I hope that he's been checked. He's obviously been checked on that, I'm sure, uh, to say that it hasn't been passed on yet again. Because Brian Pillman and his father both died premature because of um, that, that heart uh, that heart disease or what do you call it, heart condition. Um, right. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I speculate about this. It just seems kind well, of grass and weird and in a way that's like, dude, like, and what are we Vince doing? also says drug overdose, which happens in all sports and forms of entertainment. It says something to that effect where it's like. Don't blame the World Wrestling Federation. Don't blame the Killing Road, uh, right. as it's been called by Bret Hart in his book. Don't blame that. Uh, it's not because we make these guys work, uh, basically work them to death. They have to take pills. It's not our fault. Happens yeah. in all sports, a- any sport. Name one. Name a name uh, actors in Hollywood. It happens to them as well. It's not our fault. Musicians all the time. Come on, can't blame it me. Is hard. It is hard not to pick up on that. That's for sure. You, you make a right. good point there. Where it's like, oh gosh, Vince is like he's covering. He's doing, yeah, he's doing some ass covering. I guess you could say. I guess that's the closest like, to it. He remembers the steroid trial. You know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He just like he, he the steroid trial. I don't know what the equivalent is of like a guy from Vietnam hearing helicopters, but that's what I think about every time he like something like this happens, where he just like he just thinks back to being like here's he hears gavels as guys get wide and he looks at thousand yard stare and he hears needles being squirted and he hears Doctor Sahorian in his sleep which is from cold sweat. Needles being squirted. Oh, watch out for my that, that part of my butt, brother. <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, Bret Hart writes in his book about how he spent a night with a woman in the hotel and she injected him in the butt. There you go. I mean, what are you going to do? You got, you know, you've got some help on hand there. Yeah. Uh, it is time for Farouk versus Owen Hart. Uh, it is the tournament final for the Intercontinental title. Uh, and I see that neither men have their stables with them, presumably to keep them fresh for run-ins <clears> later on. <throat> As, right, yeah, that, that's why I was like, well, why isn't Farouk out earlier with the Nation? I was like, well, okay, no, he's in the Intercontinental title match, so I can believe that he'd be, like, backstage, you know, trying to be ready for his match. The title match, you know, it's a big deal. Uh, and then he does the best, like, run in ever, where he just has to run and stand on the apron, do nothing, and then leave. Yeah, that's great. Dude, it's truly but nothing. It's, I mean, his presence just caused the Legion of Doom to, like, crop their pants, essentially, and they just didn't finish the match the right way. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, good for, good for you. No, uh, 100%. So you think this match, they probably could have added, you know, some time to this one instead of add another match later, right? I don't if, think they – uh, Yeah. Maybe it's just not that easy, right? Where it's I like, oh, let's go an extra 10. Just weird stuff. They just did like, oh, this match isn't added on later. I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, also, I have to say that I remember reading, I think, the, the Scott Keith's review from the time. And uh, he said that the, he said that the honoring of the St. Louis legends was um, added 
but it's like I don't I actually don't think that's true because no um, they had all those packages like ready to go like those yeah, those were really well done packages really tightly edited and narrated like you get all the salient facts that you need uh they have plaques made they invite all these guys to the building like there's, no there's that no that takes true. there's no way that's true that takes so much planning there's there's no way yeah. to just pull that out of their ass it's also one of the things where it's like okay how many thi- how long was the uh was the gold dust uh, or sorry, what was the Brian Pillman dude love match going to be? Like, how can we well, need so yeah, much cause... time to cover so much? Like, what are you talking about? Just like, I'm sure it was 10 minutes or 20 minutes if you had the interests and stuff. Like, what are Oh, we probably 10. I mean, like, Brian Pillman, heart condition or no, still has that right. bad ankle, right? Yeah, like, exactly. he's, I don't think on the entire run of the podcast, he's done a match longer than eight minutes, maybe. I mean, I'm not the best timer in the world, but like, he, he doesn't have a... Well, you know... you're a fine timer, man. You do, you're such a good, you're so good at timing. Come on. Be oh, good to yourself, well, man. Don't be you like know, that. That's the secret to comedy, man, is timing. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly done. Yeah. Um, before, so Fruit comes out, Owen Hart comes out, Steve Austin comes out. Um, crowd goes crazy. Commissioner Slaughter is at ringside to sit next to him. And uh, then uh, uh, sorry, Fink it says, And now, the individual who will present the Intercontinental title to the winner, Stone Cold. <laughs> the individual who present the and now the individual who is you know yeah it's like when he does the Royal Rumble and now the individual who's drawn number one I like uh, that and actually individual. they added years later right instead of just being like yeah it's pretty obvious who's one and two because the first two guys you see right left. exactly uh, uh, yeah so this match just starts off as like an Austin segment really with a match in the background because Austin rings the bell he jumps on color commentary he convinces Mike he goes after Lawler's headset he knocks off JR's hats he's just doing a bunch of nonsense he's being a dick uh, he goes to the yeah. Spanish announce table talks to Tito uh, goes to the uh, French announce table talks to Ray uh, it's great you know you know how hard it is to be a bigger dick than Steve Austin when he's doing this stuff and yet Shawn Michaels somehow still succeeds on this show Right? Yes. Yeah, he, he definitely does. Damn right, damn right impressive what he what he does here. Um yeah. this is the this is something that has annoyed me several times. Jim Ross says this match has a sixty minute time limit. And I have to ask, what happens when the match goes that length that no intercontinental title is no no champion is crowned? What are we doing? Don't get you're not why why are we doing these these why are we announcing that? You don't have to announce that. You're just gonna they're gonna wrestle until they finish and figure out who the champion is. It's pretty a very obvious. good question. Poor Steve Austin. Yeah, he's had two of his titles taken away. The uh, uh, tag title uh, that was at Ground Zero, right? Yes. Uh, which had a time limit, which you questioned as well. Very, very uh, rightfully so. I'm and then this is time limit as well. Man, I got to tell you, if Steve Austin keeps giving up these titles, I don't think he's going to last very long in the World Wrestling Federation. He's, ne- he's never going to like win the the whole thing. You don't, He's not going to win the big one. He's Why not going to win the big one. Keeps having the, to give him up. You make that point, but I mean, like, did he re- five years later, he's not really wrestling anymore. <laughs> No, I know that that's also very true. I get like again, Rock's ba- barely getting started right now, and f- you know, six year, five, six years later, he's not really wrestling full time anymore either. Yeah, which is that's kind of for a different reason. <laughs> More like you know, oh darn, success. Oh, we okay, had to go, go be a king of scorpions. So that's right. That's just how it went there. Um, and then make a delicious tequila. <laughs> right, you're right, and merging the XFL with the USFL. Good for him. Um, it's about time, damn it. Yeah. Uh, Farouk hits a power slam. He hits a spine buster. And then Jim Neidhart wanders out to support Owen. And Neidhart distracts the referee for a bit. So Austin smacks Farouk, not Owen, the <gasps> Intercontinental title, allowing Owen to pin Farouk and win the title again. And this is Austin- some Vince Russo booking, if you ask me, where Vince is like, bro, why did you just hit the guy and then you want to face Owen? So just hit the other guy. 
And so to be clear, of course, Vince Russo is booking at this time. So that's an incredibly valid thing to point out and suggest. Feels like it, right? Feels like kind of like a, a well, he's an booking, A to he's C. Booking around. No, but it feels like an A to C decision, right? Instead oh, of like, sure. oh, you expect Steve Austin to well, screw over Owen Hart, right? And then he's like, no, he wants Owen Hart, so he actually screws over the other guy. Whoa, he expects that. Well, they have to spend all this all this Swerved. legwork with Jr. saying like, oh, to be clearly Austin is not aligning himself with uh, Owen Hart. He has to be like, <laughs> we need to be clear, even though he's doing this, we don't want fans to have any thought at all that he's supporting Owen Hart. He is. He doesn't like helping Owen Hart. He just is currently. Helping Owen Hart. I have to believe it's because he wants that ass, you know, as Steve would probably say. Although he wouldn't say it like that because the way I said it, it was very sexual. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. I want uh, that ass. Bring it over here. Steve Austin, quote unquote, hands over the title in the funniest possible way, which is he walks well, he walks by the ring. He throws the Intercontinental title in the ring like he does not care about it. And, uh, and he leaves, which is a hilarious interpretation of handing over the title. Not the craziest way. Was it the Intercontinental he threw into the um, uh, the, uh, the sound? Which title did he well, throw spo- in? Spoilers for uh, later in the year that we won't get to because that point. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, we'll, well, be covering, not, we'll be covering not really. uh, Nitro at that point. Yes. Nitro. You know what was also good about Bret Hart's year? It was uh, late, late era ni- uh, Nitro. That was good, good stuff. All right. So Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff are here to start us off. And 20 minutes later, we get um, <laughs> Disco Inferno versus Psychosis. I like it. Uh, Vince points out that uh, Neinhardt also distracted Commissioner Slaughter as well, apparently. So I guess the idea being that, like, you know, obviously Slaughter could, if he wanted to, uh, you know, restart the match if he thought there was some chicanery going on. But he was he didn't pick up on it. Slaughter, uh, as, the kids would, as the kids would say, catches so many strays during this show. Everyone, like, King just <laughs> takes so many shots at Slaughter. He does the stupidest thing before the Hell in a Cell match, which is like, okay, sure, that that works. Buddy. I loved it, man. I loved it. We'll get there. We'll get there. I enjoyed it greatly. <laughs> it, is pretty, it is pretty enjoyable, but, like, they just dump on Slaughter the whole time. Like, even JR is like, oh, yeah, he's super effective. Like a Pokemon move. Uh, that's right. Um, we go to footage from last week's Raw when the Hart Foundation beat down Vader and the Patriot, and they had their uh, they draped Canadian flags over their prone bodies. And we're told that tonight's flag match can also be won by pinfall in addition to capturing the flag. Um, okay. And, so now, and submission. For, and submission. Uh, I, I, I'm currently tapping out because the next match is Los Periquos versus the DOA in a four on four tag match. Now, they do nothing to uh, to be like, no, this should be on the show. We actually do belong, guys. Watch. You're wrong about after, us. <laughs> after a few minutes, things break down. It looks like there's going to be a count out. Like, to an extent that I was like, okay, they're just going to do a count out. Uh, but then Crush gets a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and pins, pins a Bariqua. One, two, three. So the DOA win. Great. <sighs> At some point, they call me Gail, Jose. Like, the, even the commentators get it wrong. Oh, uh, it just, the crowd is just, they're all... <sighs> bathroom break written all over this is brutally boring it's this is yes. terrible actually it's unfortunately very, very uh, we go from that to bret hart in the back with michael cole and with the british bulldog michael cole says the american flag will be flying here tonight brett says he must be dreaming as americans do <laughs> uh and he and bulldog are better than any two americans in the company and then doc Hendricks is the patriot and vader and vader says bret hart's the best there, he, he says that the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be is quote BS. <laughs> a bunch of BS. Yes, get bleeped. And the commentators are like, whoa! Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, well, wait yeah, a minute. Jerry's no, like, oh, that. I remember saying he was a classy individual. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> excuse, I'm sorry that, that you guys are so delicate that him saying something is BS. You guys are like, I can't believe he would say such a thing. Look, ever since he tried to choke out a Kuwaiti uh, newscaster with his tie, Vader's kind of on thin ice. It's like, listen, buddy. Apparently. I mean, I think it's Watch a great it. addition there. It's so funny to do that. So, um, yeah. 
It's, it's not, for, and this is the only time it gets bleeped on the show because we hear it later on. Well, that was, I thought that was perplexing too. I was like, "Oh right, there's a, there's a moment in the show where someone yells that that turn of phrase, and turn of uh, phrase, it, turn of phrase. Well, it's easy turn of phrase. Um, well, certainly unique and original. Yeah. Uh, time for flag match. Bret Hart, British Bulldog, going up against Vader and the Patriot. I'm and, putting these on the flag match, by the way, my friend. Yeah, folks, couple of air quotes. They do not actually grab any flags. Um, we're told that apparently Patriot was hospitalized in South Carolina on a Wednesday because he had dehydration from the flu, which is pretty intense. I mean, I don't so know. We, I, I don't think I'd be wrestling on su- a Saturday, Sunday if that was what I was doing. I think that's pretty rough. So he pumped his ass full of some uh, uh, steroid uh, that uh, made him all better. And uh, well, now just look to be at clear, him. He, he was not uh, – you, you did not have to convince him. You kind of could knock him over with a feather to take some steroid. <laughs> He's like, oh, sure, knock him over. Do you, have any, uh, do you have any stories with Ryan now that I could take? That would be great if I could. Thank you. Great, man. Uh, what a great turn of phrase, knock him over with a feather. Uh, it's a flag match. The flags get erected, and uh, both teams come out with the flag also. So, um, hey. <laughs> right. If you like flags, this is this is your thing, I guess. You know, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum here. really doesn't make sense that they would come out with them, too. They should just not have any there, and then they should put their flags there. They can literally capture their own flag. They should come out looking at their hands like, what do I do with my hands? And they see the flag like, let's go, partner. And they just, like, march out to like, right. try to get the flag. But, oh, man. They're going for the flag, and the ref rings the bell. Oh my! They want the flag so bad. Yeah, they should be drawn to it like, like uh, you know, moths to a flame or something. Flies to shit. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Will, you thought you were classy, Will? No, oh, I thought you were a classy individual. Come on. Um, Brett and Bulldog head out of the ring and attack the American side as they get into the ring. Uh, things break down immediately with the ter- teams pairing off to brawl. Uh, Bulldog breaks the flagpole over uh, over uh, Patriots back as Vader and Brett fight over the Canadian one. And uh, JR says the match hasn't started, so no one can get disqualified. But it's like, that's also not how the match would end. That's not how you, you can't end this match, the disqualification, because it's not. <laughs> that's the thing. This is, and the problem with this match, of course, is that it's a tag team flag match. But it's also like, at no point is there any reason why they should actually be um, tagging in and out. No. There's no disqualifications. You should just. I can't. I, what do you, can't I, don't, know, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I don't know. It's one of those weird things where just like, there's no disqualifications, but also. If you could just kind of play along with us here, we just have to uh, pretend. We use the honor system here in the World Wrestling Federation, please, gentlemen. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's hard to make sense of it. So Bulldog and Brett are damaged on the floor. So Vader and Patriot pose in the ring, and the mat, the bell rings for the match to begin. With Brett and Bulldog on the floor, and Lawler points out rightly, the Americans should just climb up and grab the flag right now. This is the only. This is the second time tonight they just ring the bell for a match to start. Or the first time, pardon me. And it is the like, first time. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and they're like, okay, this makes no sense. Great. Great. Why are we? Why? Why are they like? You're, you have to imagine Vince being like, "Can we have a referee meeting? Uh, what? Do you, stop doing that! <laughs> what the hell do you think you're doing? Guess what? They're all going to get in the ring at some point. So can we just call? Can we just do that then, please? Do we have to? We don't have to hurry up the show. That's exactly. not what we're trying to do. Oh Take your time. Um, Jr. suggests that Brett and Bulldog will receive a better greeting at Survivor Series next month in Montreal. I'm sure that's going to start off fine there. <sighs> better greeting and an even better fair. Oh boy. I can't. I okay. I'll take this time to say this. I can't believe we're there, like already. We're I think it feels like next month, man. Like this, this whole thing just comes to like a like it hits a brick wall. This comes to a screeching halt, yeah. which are two different uh, turns of phrase. You hit a brick wall, and screeching halt would be if you applied the brakes. <laughs> if you just avoided the brick wall, you're screwed. Sc- <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. It's just like we're okay. going, 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 and then gone, like ugh, immediately. <laughs> Yeah. It's also crazy to think that they had two pay-per-views in Canada in one year. It reminded me, actually, of, like, I remember yeah. that when, when Brett jumped to WCW, World Championship Wrestling, which we'll talk about very briefly at the end of the podcast here, uh, a little over a month, uh, thought a lot of people in the WWF were like, well, great, we, you know, we lost Canada. 
WCW is going to have Canada wrapped up. They're going to do tons of shows there for the next you know, few years, and they have they have they have such a uh, they're just going to generate so much money from them then. And they just didn't not even it. a little they, bit. They're not even a little bit. And they you know they had they had shows there. They did some pay reviews. They'd, they the, they'd run Vancouver, but, yeah, yeah. But, but they didn't they didn't capitalize it to the extent that they obviously could have. Yeah, I mean WCW Canada. It's just the two are I don't know. They did the WCW to me obviously is like the South. It's like you know Georgia. and the rest uh but canada is kind of an odd fit for them i think wwf is a better fit for canada just geographically you know based on geography and history to me to my favorite subject i think that people overthought just the extent to which canadian fans would abandon wwf or something like that it's like oh you know yeah when WWF was getting hot at the time right it was austin it was everything was was, was crowded there so um but yeah, so Survivor Series next month in Montreal. It'll be well. We'll get there. We'll talk about it. We're on the starting next week. We're on the road to it, man. That's what we're doing. Boy, um, oh boy. Yeah, uh, Patriot goes to climb the turnbuckle, but Bret Hart hits him with a low blow. Um, Bret gets into a slugfest with Vader, but that never really goes well. Bret just gets destroyed with a bunch of jabs and is knocked down. Wouldn't recommend getting in a slugfest with Vader at any time. Uh, yes, not not a great start. Not a great thing to do. Uh, uh, Bret goes for the flag, but Vader hits him with a low blow. And then uh, after tagging out, Brett chokes Hatred on the apron and tells Bolo to go for the flag, but Vader trips him up. And then we have a little spot here that I really loved, so I thought it was very clever and enjoyable, which was um, Brett goes to trip up Patriot again, and he goes to do a ring post figure four. But Vader approaches him, so Brett leaves, he goes away from the Patriot, and the referee goes toward Vader because, hey, Brett's not doing anything wrong, but Vader is approaching somebody on the outside. And so the ref takes Vader, he sends him away, and then uh, as he, Vader's being taken away, Brett goes back, and he does get the ring post figure for him, Patriot, for real. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, too. Um, Vader smashes Bulldog and comes after Brett again, who goads him on. Uh, and Brett gets a sharpshooter on Patriot, but Patriot reverses it. He gets the hold on Brett, but Bulldog just smacks him down. The worst sharpshooter you'll ever see in your entire life. <laughs> well, it's a reversed one. I have to give him some credit for it being not, you know, it's you're not in the same spot for it. Okay. It's a little bit different. Um, Brett goes your for big, sharpshooter. Big Patriot, Mark. Yeah, that's me. Of course, I think he's, I think he's great. He's definitely not. Uh, he's not definitely not weirdly booked, and I can't understand his whole vibe and whole thing. I don't get it. Oh man, strange. Um, uh, Brett goes for a sharpshooter on Vader, but it gets broken up. Vader goes for a sharpshooter himself, but Bulldog continues to play sharpshooter defense. He takes Vader out of it. Right. And uh, Vader sets up for a moonsault on Bulldog. He doesn't just grab the flag. It's there. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He uses he uses the flagpole to hold himself up. And he's in the corner where the flag is. Now, if you were to pick any moment not to do the moonsault or the Vader bomb, it would be then. It would be then. I think you would just you would just uh, try to do it. You would just try to anyway. There's there's something that comes over Vader when he decides to do a moonsault. You literally cannot stop him. Steve Austin one time and uh, earlier in the year goads Vader to right. get up there and do a, a moonsault, and which he does and he misses. Uh, but uh, yeah, once once Leon gets the the glimmer in his eye, you can't talk him out of it. No, it's true. It's very true. Um, and uh, he goes to the moonsault. He flips. He lands on his feet, which is pretty insane for him to do. Yeah. Uh, so Vader, Bill was moving a bit, so he adjusted. I've never really understood. I've never really been able to understand like how uh, how it works when you say like, oh, he 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 was flipping over, but he uh, he kind of saw it coming. I was like, I don't know <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. Right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, uh, Bulldog's moving. He adjusted. Outside the ring, Brett and Bulldog go after Vader with a flagpole. Uh, but Brett grabs the ring bell, and he smashes Vader on the head with it. 
And uh, Vader manages to survive the offensive onslaught. He tags in Patriot, who hits Brett with the Uncle Slam. But it only gets two because Bulldog breaks it up. And, and then uh, a fan tries to run into the ring. But referee Mike Kyoto literally kicks him out as Bulldog gets a couple shots in, too. And, and then Vader gets a Vader bomb in the corner on Brett. But Vader is not the legal man. Uh, Patriot goes for roll-up. Brett reverses it. And he gets the one, two, three as Brett and Bulldog win the flag match. If you can call it that. Yeah, congratulations, Halifax, Nova Scotia. You're still the undisputed champion in flag matches uh, right. in World Wrestling Federation history. Yeah, it's really not close at all. No, not really. No, no. This was this was this was pretty pretty bad. Uh, as we've made apologies for three of the four combatants in this match earlier in the show. Vader's banged up. Patriot got over the flu. Bulldog's got a bad knee. And then we got Bret Hart. And he's like, great, yeah, here we go. We've added the stipulation that you can win through uh, by pinfall or submission in this flag match, which takes out all the drama of the flag match. It's just not very good at all. Yeah, it's, it could just be like a, like a ladder match, you know, and have that kind of drama, but that's just, just not how they're going to do it. Not at all. No, it could have been an email. This whole match could have been an email. A whole match could have been an email. We'll put Will. Um, we get an ad for Survivor Series 1987 with various stables fighting in the black and white. It's gang rules. And to be clear, rules is spelled R-U-L-Z. Now, if you were psyched by the Los Bariquas uh, DOA match earlier in the night, well, then now you get faction, you get gang, all of them are going out of them and the Nation They're of Domination. They're going for it. Hey, Matt, you get a free dog tag when you mail in your cable bill showing proof of purchase that you purchased Survivor Series gang rules. Isn't that awesome? That's great. They've, this is something they would do. They would, they would pretty regularly have these things where you would just send in, you know, like, hey, I did this. You get dog tags and everything like that. I remember listening to a podcast once of somebody who was like, yeah, I would. I got something. I got like a shirt once. There's all sorts of things you could do. Oh yeah, and stuff that's just worthless then, and then it sells on like vintage websites, like extremely rare WWF. Uh, <laughs> Beware of dog T-shirt, five hundred dollars OBO. Hey, that's what happens it. when that's what happens when you uh, you make investments like that. Sometimes you, they pay off even when people least expect them to. True enough. That's good. You're that's what you get for being a genius, I guess. Um, so that's uh, that's bad blood, Matt. Um, what did you oh, think of the show? Well, I got much, uh, I got great news for you, buddy. Because uh, it's not very good. What's well, that? I'll tell you what, is that actually we, we start to have something lower, and it's time for Hell in a Cell, Will. They got better at this later on when they add, like, the... Like, the lowering the cage, and now they Again, have lights, too, so... that flash. It's just like, the, the the cell is... Thankfully, it's hanging above the ring, so it's already constructed, so we don't have to take any time to, you know, put this thing together. Uh, it is very slowly lowering... And it like continues to lower like in like little increments. Like it but lowers it's not lower a bit, all the way. It lowers a bit here, and then lowers a bit like for Sean, and then lowers a bit more for Undertaker. It's just kind of like the stage. It's just kind of like it's almost there. Uh, eventually, it gets to the uh, uh, ground, the floor, ground zero of of the ring. But yes, uh, here comes uh, heck in a sec. Heck in a sec. Um, Jared clarifies. He says this is not a cage match. And I know what he means, but it definitely is taking place in a cage. Um, although, arguably, this arguably this is a cage match, and every other cage match is a fence match. How's that for a hot take? Uh, I guess so. I think he's trying to say a cage match, you have to escape. This match, you cannot escape. Well, exactly. I know exactly what he means. I just like the idea of saying it's not a cage match. And I'm like, actually, if anything is a cage match, this is the most of a cage match. <laughs> like, I know, I know what you mean, but also, it's, perf- it's like he's perfectly wrong, which I love. Uh, in the back... Doc Hendricks is with Shawn Michaels, who has Rick Rude, Triple H, and China with him. And Shawn Michaels says his European title is not on the line tonight. And he says in a tone that suggests he doesn't care about it. And I was like, this guy sucks so much. <laughs> such a dick. I hate this guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hate this guy so much. And I know I'm supposed to hate him, but 
I still hate him more than you think even his Don't you just want to see him get beat up, Matt? Well, I got good news. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I also love the Triple H is about to get on mic as the camera cuts away from him and goes to a video package. <laughs> and it's like, good, take that, idiot. I respect him now, but back then, boy, I was just thrilled to uh, see him just eat, eat, eat crap every time. Yeah. Which is great. Oh. Um, yeah. What's uh, funny, the video package was match. Again, not focusing on Hell in a Cell. It's mostly about Sean. It's like about his, his, it's in him being in the spotlight. He cares about his image. Uh, it's very like upbeat. It's kind of he's like a little doing a little interview. So um, that interview uh, is part of uh, something I saw that called uh, WWE Untold. Uh, and uh, this WWE Untold, if you search "bad blood" with two D's on the bad, uh, with two D's, yes. in the network, uh, this will come up. WWE Untold called "That's Got to Be Kane." Spoiler oh, yeah. alert. Uh, but it uh, yeah, it shows a little footage of uh, of more footage of this interview. Uh, so this is Sean sitting down with Jr. in like okay. just in the bowl at um, it must have been Northlands Coliseum in Edmonton because it's from July seventh. So that's the day after Canadian Stampede, right? That was July seventh in that Edmonton, right? I believe so. Anyway, Sean says that his uh, his idols growing up were uh, Elvis, James Dean, Jim Morrison. Like he like he loved those guys. So that 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 kind of um, uh, led him to be kind of yeah this cocksure <laughs> tormentor. Uh, that sure, he is. Sure, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. Uh, Sean's now an angry heel. Uh, he's 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 had multiple bloody clashes with Taker, and uh, and then we have this moment here that we will mention earlier. Commissioner Slaughter is going around the ring with a referee and a flashlight to check for anyone under the ring, and he's <laughs> lifting things up. And Lawler's asking, "What what is all that stuff under there?" And, oh, you know, stuff. Jr's like rope. Extra rope, extra ropes, and uh, we find out that we find out later there's a few chairs in there. Obviously, <laughs> yes, there's always a toolbox now as well. Oh, yeah. uh, some of the bag of thumbtacks, you know, you never know when you need to put up like wanted posters around the uh, arena. Uh, yeah, sh- uh, Slaughter checks it on it with a flashlight, and then he just looks at the ref, like, "There's no one there." It's like, yeah. okay, thanks, thanks, Sarge, <laughs> thanks, genius. He gives the go ahead to bring the cell down. It is time for Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker. Hell in a Cell match, it's for the number one contendership for the WWF Championship, which has not been made all that clear recently. It is This is a number one contendership match. It's headlining a pay-per-view. And the winner faces Bret Hart at Survivor Series for the title. Um, spoilers for that. I think it's been oh, given that away. <laughs> a little bit there. Winner faces Bret Hart at Survivor Series 1997. Oh. <laughs> uh, Sean comes out with Triple H in China before the cell is dropped, and he takes super long for his entrance. His music starts up again, and... Um, yeah, Shawn Michaels' posse leaves the ring willingly as Thunder rolls, and Taker starts to make his way down. And the cell is descending more, as we'll mention there. And at one point, I see Triple H kind of tap Rick Rude and point to the cell, kind of like, hey, like, watch out, like, the cell is going to come down pretty much directly in front of us because it takes up some of the ringside area, but not all of it. And so he's actually just being like, hey, watch out, you don't get clipped by the cell here. Hey, yeah, or, know, or, or, like, crushed to death by this giant cell, because I'm pretty sure there's no, like, kill switch on, I mean, very poor choice of words uh, on there uh, to stop it uh, from lowering. Right. Uh, but yeah. this is, uh, yeah, the, the first time you've ever seen this uh, edifice. Uh, it is called 15 to 16 feet high. Uh, Matt mentioned earlier, maybe on the podcast, that uh, the cell is, uh, has, has grown uh, a lot in the last couple of years. More area around the ringside as there is more area around the ringside now. 
Um, but this goes like basically right to the almost to the barricade. There's a little room on the outside to move around. It's not super super tall, but it's still uh, an intimidating structure for sure. Yeah, it's interesting how much bigger it will become later on. I mean, um, you, you can find out. You know, if you're on the top rope of this, you can touch the top, the ceiling pretty easily. And now you couldn't even hope to do that. Uh, it's so much taller. Yeah, now unless you're Ricochet or something. Yeah, or Logan Paul. Some crazy right. hops. Yes, yeah, true. Um, so the lights come back on, and Sean uh, goes down by the door to make sure it's locked. He seems pretty freaked out. Sean was confident before. Now he's in the cell, locked in there with Taker, and he is uh, not feeling great about it. Is he making sure it's locked, or is he like, I mean, hmm, Earl, come on, let me out of here, man. Yeah, I think he's more kind of like, you know, I would, I would love to <laughs> depart. Okay. Not not the way that he wants me to, but the way I would like to, through <laughs> yes, the door. So and... I'd like to leave on my feet. Uh, and so, yeah, Taker is stalking Sean around the ring to start the match, and the uh, the bell rings before they get back in the ring, uh, which is another time when the match starts and they're not in the ring at all. It's bizarre. Makes no sense. Um, to just be clear, well, there's no there's no attempted pinfalls on the floor of this match, right? It's only ever in the ring. Yeah, and they never expressly say that it has to be finished in the ring, but I guess we can just assume that. It's not false um, count anywhere. This is one of the things I find strange about it, is that later on, There'd be false count anywhere in the cell, and it's like, well, why? <laughs> why would? Oh that wait, be- didn't Triple H pin Jericho on the cell roof? Mm-hmm. He pedigreed him on that thing, which is just insane to think about. Pedigreed him uh, above the cell. That's right. On, on the on the above, cell roof, above the ring, yeah. rather. Yeah. Which yeah. I can't really wrap my mind around there. No, I know. Well, Jericho that's wrapped crazy. his face around the top of the cell. I'll tell you that. Sure. Stupid. That's a dumb finish, anyway. Whatever. <laughs> dumb match. <laughs> that sucked. Um. Yeah. So Taker's just beating on Sean. Uh, Vince talks about how, how rough this would be. Um, Sean rallies back, but Taker beats him back easily. He gets his rope walk, and we have this moment where Sean gets back body dropped, and his feet hit the top of the cage, hit the roof there. Yeah. Uh, just getting across there, just how trapped they are. It kind of helps. It's kind of claustrophobic in that way, which I like. And outside the ring, Sean climbs the cage, but Taker snatches him, and he brings him back down. He sends Sean off into the side of the cell with an Irish whip, and then he smacks Sean when he bounces off, and he does it again. And Taker tries to powerbomb Sean outside of the mats on the floor. But Sean grabs the cell. And he tries to climb up, and, but Taker grabs him. He still manages him to bounce off the walls and take him down. Yeah, it's great. It's like Undertaker beating the tar out of him. And Sean, every time he gets like an inkling of like an escape or uh, some offense, Undertaker just like goes right back to pounding them. Yeah. Um, yeah, great detail. I do love there. there's a little bit of back and forth here. Um we have a moment here, which will become important later on, where Sean swats at a cameraman who is near him in the cell, presumably for being too close. Swears at him. We bleep out the swears. Right. Seems like an unplanned moment. Okay. Sean's yeah. a hothead. Cameraman's in the way. All right, I get it, Sean. Hey, calm down. Do your job. Be a professional. Well. That's right. Uh, Sean, Sean knocks Taker off the apron into the cell and follows up with a suicide dive. And then to extend his advantage, he grabs the steel steps. He smacks Taker with them. And the referee Earl Hebner stands on the apron to try to wave Sean off because I guess he's being mean. I don't. I don't understand. Like, this is something, and this happens with refereeing where, and I get mad at this later on for something else, where referees have to decide if they're morality police or if they're rule enforcers because right. morality, like, they act like morality police, which is I guess something like part of the, the kind of the drama of uh, of wrestling is you you want to be like oh man like are they gonna like someone get hurt here. Whereas referees, in a notice qualification match, if a guy brings out a barbed wire bat and he goes and whacks a guy in the head with it, the referee should be like, all right, cool. I am the referee of a barbed wire bat match. That JR is would say it's life. as legal as a headlock. Exactly. And referees seemingly did not get the message about some of that stuff, which I find infuriating. I get so annoyed with that. They didn't understand um, the assignment. I can't get it. Yeah, exactly. The assignment was not understood. Um, Sean then takes these the bottom steel steps. These steel steps have two pieces on them. He hits Taker with the top one. 
On the bottom ones, he lines up a spiking pile driver on Taker, and he just drills him. He almost kind of loses him the first time. Yeah, and I think that's... Off. Yeah, so he loses him the first time almost, and this is where I heard, like, the one spot called for the night, which is, mm. like, like something like, all right, here we go. Like, something like that. Oh, nice. Like, picks him up. <laughs> if you can kind of pop up as I drop you down, that would be great, Taker. Thank you. Yeah. Like, uh, spike him in your damn head. Pile drives him on the steps. Uh, insane. Yeah, totally. Uh, it is also the first time in the match I'm watching, I'm like, oh, Chunk could be Taker here. <laughs> right? Like a yeah. It's a very believable thing you do to, to beat him. Yeah. Uh, and after the spike and pile driver, the cameraman, once again, is too close, and Sean takes a swipe at him. He swears at him. And then Sean grabs his steel chair from under the ring, and he smacks Taker with it, which um, has to, which, which is not only allowed, but subjectively allowed, because Slaughter saw the chairs in the ring in the underneath, and he was fine with it. He, he, he shone a light on it, literally. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, after a couple of chair shots, Sean only gets a count of two. Uh, and he traps Taker in the ropes, you know, where you kind of get your, your arms stuck between the top and the middle ones. Yeah, and he takes and... out a snake and he bites him on the bicep. It's insane. <laughs> it, was a, it was a total callback, of course. Um, but uh, he goes to hit Taker, but Taker boots him in the face. And when he charges again, Taker flips Sean over the ropes onto the floor where Sean lands on the cameraman. A cameraman who's uh, mysteriously jacked with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, to, you know, cameraman can have whatever you know shape of body they want to have. <laughs> well, well, sure. Do we know the uh, identity of this individual, or maybe it's just a gentleman who uh, wrestled in St. Louis? I'm not, I don't know. I was deeply curious of it, of course, because it's one of it's you know, hey, in terms of like a non wrestler spot, it's one of the more famous ones there is. Well, you know, it calls to mind um, a little uh, Snooka Jr. Uh, uh, getting uh, right, having Undertaker miss him uh, on a dive. He was the cameraman at WrestleMania yeah. uh, twenty six, I think it was twenty five or six. Right. One of one of their two. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, Sean's Sean's mad. He beats up the camera guy. Uh, Jr. says, "Big tough guy, beatable cameraman." Which one of those yeah. lines that I hear? I'm like, oh yeah, that kind of stuck in my mind. I love that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, I also, it's like, Sean, you landed on him. That's breaking your fall. You should be thrilled. This is a huge win for you. The cameraman should take off a t-shirt, says DX, and do like some uh, excessive Mike Tyson cross chops. What That's do you think? Right. It's perfect. I think it's, it's totally <laughs> what, what was missing from this. Um, Give it a couple photog- months. We have a photographer runs over. He checks with the camera guy and he yells, get, get us some help. Get some it's help. Tom get Buchanan. Yeah. Tom Buchanan. He's, he's name checked, right? Which is why you uh, are aware of him. Vince says, yes, that's why. I'm not, a, I'm not a psycho. Vince says, uh, that's Tom Buchanan, our uh, photographer, uh, getting some help down here. Could need uh, some help down there. It's true. This is such This is such a smart move, I think. It's like, a cool to, spot. To do, it's cool to, to do, do it in the first Hell in a Cell is genius to me. Yeah, for sure. Like, it just shows that Sean and Taker are working on another level. Yeah, and as we're like, as we're wondering about uh, what's gonna happen with this cameraman, uh, the Sean is in the ring. He gets a forearm. He kips up. He drags Taker to the middle of the ring, and he lines up with an elbow drop, and he nails it from the top rope. So he hits the top rope elbow. Jr. says nobody the WWF has ever done it better. Uh, and ever if you want, out. well, if you want to throw out Mach, uh, there is a um, there was something I saw on Instagram recently. Uh, you remember in WCW Diamond Dallas Page? Uh, Master of the Diamond Cutter, mm-hmm. uh, had taped up ribs for a very long time. In fact, I believe in, um, well, it must have been Revenge, you, uh, one of uh, his alt outfits is you can just be DDP with taped up ribs. He had Absolutely. taped up ribs for a long time. Yep. This clip is called DDP Before His Ribs Were Taped Up, and uh, DDP's lying there. Macho Man goes for an elbow drop. Now, DDP's a little close. Uh, of course, WCW ring's a little smaller, 
Mach does the elbow drop and he lands his entire body weight on DDP's <laughs> ribs. And it's like if you've ever taken a first aid course and they have the Recessi Annie uh, dolls, right. uh, it looks like it's looks it looks like a full chest compression on that. Like it looks like all his internal organs were smashed. Unfortunately yes. for Mach, who's like a guy we all love and respect, and Dallas loves him too, but you're just like, oof, that was not not a good look for Macho Man, right? Dude, famously, there. famously, apparently in other shoot interviews, people have said like, Macho oh, Macho will crush you. He would land on you, man. Like the reason it looked good is because it's coming down on you. So heels, the uh, Showtime show. Oh yeah, I believe Showtime or Stars show that's been right. uh, recently canceled. Um, the first episode, uh, a guy hits an elbow drop, and the guy goes, "No, you did it all wrong. You got to do, you got to do it like this. You got to basically like land your entire weight on the mat and your elbow based barely, you know, obviously barely brushing the guy, uh, but the guy sells it like he, you know, he was uh, squashed. But anyways, yes. Right. So DDP felt the full brunt of that. Shawn Michaels seems to land this one well. You can, uh, yeah, maybe you can say, yeah, the reason Macho Man's is so good because he actually hit you, which is like, well, is that better? Uh, maybe. <laughs> in some ways, sure. In, Shawn Michaels' super not. kick was better because he actually kicked you in the face. He didn't slap a leg. Kicked right in the face. Yeah, back in my day, wrestling was it was all a shoot. <laughs> it's all real. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> so Commissioner Slaughter waters down to the ring, and he and the referee work together to open the cell door. And Shawn lines up sweet chin music, and he nails it on Undertaker as Slaughter helps the camera guy out of the cell. But speaking but, of Mach, remember Macho Man hitting the uh, elbow at WrestleMania five? What did Hulk Hogan do? Got right. up immediately. Got up immediately. Well, That's what Undertaker does here, too, where he immediately sits up. <laughs> and Sean goes, oh, oh, hell no. Let's not do this. Pretty good use of the sit-up, I would say. You can be like, mm, you should be able to do that. But it's like, well, he is kind of unnatural. I didn't even think about it here. That's the thing that's so perfect about it. It's like a perfect no-sell. It wasn't even considered by me. Right. Uh, it wasn't even considered. So Sean sees his opportunity. He rushes out of the ring. He pushes the ref out of the way, and he is out of the cell. But so is the Undertaker. Uh, who is right there with him. And it's very funny. The entire cell point of this match is this is a cage. It's a roof of the cage. You cannot escape it. And it is immediately undercut by the first match. Yep. Yep. Yeah, right away. No, I'm saying they, they solved it right away. Like they yeah. did all the spots in the cell you can possibly do basically immediately. So out on the floor in front of the the, the door of the cell, uh, Sean dropkicks Taker. First off, I mean, doing that on the floor is insane. Uh and he no does it again, do but he gets that. caught by the Undertaker, and then he gets slung, slingshotted, slung shoot. I don't know how to say that, uh, into the cell. And, Will, we were talking about this before we went on, uh, that getting sl- this slingshot is the most obvious Shawn Michaels blade I've ever seen. So, Shawn, when he's laying on the ground and the Undertaker has him by the feet, has his hand on his forehead, and he's just waiting to get slingshotted, and I guess, you know, on his way up, he nicks himself, um... I mean, does he nick himself or does he slice himself? This is something that Sean also said in the WWF Untold. Um, you know, that's got to be Kane. He said something about something about me. Is you know, it's like I can bleed a lot, <laughs> and he definitely does. <laughs> he does. He does a lot. It's true. Uh, and so Taker, you know, to add to it, Taker javelins Sean into the cell a few times, and Sean gets a, slow, a lobo on Taker, and then he starts to climb the cell on the outside, trying to head for the roof, or yeah. at least head away from Taker. At least that's what he's thinking about here. Yeah, uh, and uh, Taker pursues him, and they are both on top of the cell, and the crowd is like losing their mind because like, oh, <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> it rules. Sean <laughs> uh, goes for a pile drive or another one, but he gets back body dropped onto the cell, and we have this, there's some great shots too. We pull back, we see everybody. It's this like big epic shot from far away, and uh, 
Taker great Sean's face yeah. against the roof and of the a, cell, and there's a camera in the ring looking straight up man, at them. And this shot's so drops good. Drops of blood landing on the lens of the camera. It's very, it's it's nasty. Yeah, and and the cameraman goes, ah shit, and <laughs> wipes the. There's a shot of him wiping it off in the That's, WWE uh, Untold. But this is a, a, an example of that word not getting bleeped. Yeah, uh, oh as he gosh. drips all over it's the so camera. Funny. I don't know why the cameraman was upset. It should be like, no, that rules. It looks it's, so it's awesome. Sick. Yeah, it's, it's immediately adding value to it. It's like a, it's its own special effect. Actual blood landing on you. It's great. Yeah, it um, maybe the camera guy didn't mention that. It's oh, landing my mouth. Because I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking that too. Or maybe he got on his shirt. He's like, oh, I got a date after this. I got, I got a hot date. Well, you get, you get, hey, I got a hot date, and I have Shawn Michaels' blood on me. That would help. <laughs> would, I think that would that would that would do some that would do some stuff for you. I think. Oh, um, this blood! It's uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, heartbreak kid. Yeah, think about I it. Thought so. Yeah. Uh, Taker press slams Shawn on the cage, and Shawn is just scrambling to get away from from Taker. This is un- this is unbelievable stuff. Yeah, here, man, it's crazy things. Um, Shawn starts to climb down the other side of the cage, but gra- Taker grabs his hair as he's halfway down the other side of the cell. And Taker steps on one of Shawn's hands, so Uh-oh. he's let go, and he steps on the other hand, and so Shawn also lets go of that one. And Sean falls off the side of the cell, landing half on the announce table, half on the concrete, maybe mostly on the concrete. And it's a spot that is just about as influential as any spot you'll ever see in wrestling. It's incredible. Sean in the untold is like, yeah, he's like, I never really like practice anything. He's like, I'm not, you know, people who know me don't know me as much of a thinker. Uh, he's like, I didn't mostly just do stuff off it. I mostly just do stuff off of instinct. And uh, he's usually like, yeah, I think I can make it and uh, throws his body at it. He lands through the Spanish announce table. It is, of course, in no way prepped by that. I mean, the monitor is removed. It looks like right. he gets it like a monitor, like right in the ribs. And he lands uh, among the papers and he's all wrapped up in, in wires. And by the time he gets up, there's a pool, like an actual pool of blood on yes. the floor and right the papers are all covered in blood like it's it looks like hell in a cell it looks like hell in a cell well outside the cell at that point hell out of a cell yeah and so taker sees sean there he picks him up he throws him onto the other table he takes <laughs> him he throws him onto the remains of the table he just fell through and as taker brings him back in the cell sean's face is so bloody as sean says he bleeds so well this is the ass kicking of the century. Like this is unbelievable stuff. Yes, and it's it's necessary. It's 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 crucial to do this. And you know what he said in the Untold about having your ass kicked the entire match? Yeah. He said it's he said it's fun. Yeah, can you believe that? Fun to bump. That's what you, you need. You need one of those. That's 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 kind of wrestling sicko you need. Someone who's just like, please, I want to bump. Please bump me. Like I Throw imagine, if you're like, and you know, there are a lot of tag team matches tonight where we have, you know, of course, the baby face in peril, right? And like. Mm-hmm. His job is just to get beat up and almost get a hot tag. Oh, but not quite. Almost, uh, you know. So I, I'm guessing there's no way you can show up at the wrestling show and be like, "Yeah, uh, guys, you know, if I could uh, not take too many bumps tonight, I'd really appreciate it." I'm sure they'd, uh, you know, they'd put your stuff in the showers and pee all over it. Yes, I would... <laughs> that's a very specific thing to say. Uh, yeah, he's like, <laughs> I would love to. to... Uh, please don't. I, I don't want to bump. Even worse than saying I don't want to rest to lose is we'd be saying I don't want to bump. No, that it's, it's a, a completely abhorrent. Yes, more more uh, of a cardinal sin, I would say. Yeah. Um, so Taker lines up this kind of twisting choke slam from the second rope on Sean, uh, and uh, he doesn't cover him though. He grabs a steel chair from under the ring. Taker does, and he cracks Sean with it as hard as just about anyone's ever been hit with a chair. I would argue. Yeah, I mean that's the receipt, brother, for all yes. the shots to the face that poor Taker took. That's right. The multiple other chair shots. Yeah. Uh, and then Undertaker gets the pin, and the match is over. It's it's, it's no, incredible. What, 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 it's hey, what's that? 
he well he signals for the tombstone. Ye- oh yeah. And as he takes, oh, I didn't have that in my notes. Okay, well, yeah. it's, this is an important part of it though. Oh. Okay. Uh, he signals for the tombstone, and then the lights go out. That's and odd. We hear Vince some, goes. I think Vince goes like, "Oh, it's all over." Oh no, it's not. <laughs> He's just like, "Oh, what is this?" Put off by this. What's happening here? Uh, you yeah, have to expect to see Triple H at like the the lighting board, be like, "I'm gonna change it. I don't want these lights on." <laughs> Sorry, my my, my Triple H Triple Trump. <laughs> it's it's really quite quite close. I would say, unfortunately. Triple H, suck it. Um, <laughs> face faction, you can't wrestle anymore. They'll both be in the Hall of Fame. That's <laughs> oh man. We hear some organ music. We see some red lights, and Paul Bearer walks out with a big red machine. Sorry, this is a, it's a guy, and he's in red and black tights and a red and black mask. And Taker is shocked, and the commentators say that's got to be Kane. Vince that's McMahon with the all-time call oh, yeah. of 1997, at least, says that's got to that's that's got to be. Kane, that's gotta be Kane. He's just so in his in his element. Uh, Jr. I think says, "Look at the size of this per- per- person, or look at the size of this man, or is it a man?" Um, he comes out with Paul Bearer behind <laughs> or him. Is it a man? I love that. Uh, he's the biggest guy in the company. Immediately, like the the right. largest man in the company. Like right. talking muscles, height, all of it. Uh, he's got the, you know, uh, V1 cane mask, the, the cane sleeve, got Paul Bear behind him. He's all lit red. There's an explosion that happens on the set behind him. Uh, it looks effing awesome. He looks incredible. He did have meetings with Vince where he kind of feels like he looks like a superhero, especially when he had a cape. He would do some house shows with a cape on. Yes, the cape uh, that's that, right. That he's not wearing at this point, but he's like, why do I look like a superhero? Aren't I supposed to be like a scarred, burnt thing? And Vince McMahon says, well, Kane's ego was so hurt and so damaged by being uh, burned alive and, you know, left by his family that uh, he did uh, the superhero thing to compensate for that. And Glenn's is like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I mean, I get, like, well, I don't even, I can't even really, I can't really parse all of that. Be like, oh, he's actually, regardless he, he's to us, he to looks more of a superhero. <laughs> he, he, regardless to us, he looks like Kane. Uh, right. And he looks awesome. Yes, he looks fantastic. And uh, he came rips the cell of the door off. Door of the cell. Door of the cell. Rather, thank you. Um, and that shouldn't work. Another thing that is it's stupid. It shouldn't work, but it's fine. There's no hinges I noticed on the door when he rips, when he rips it oh, off. He just kind of like pulls it off uh, the doors. Uh, he pulls out the yeah. He pulls the door off, enters, throws Earl into the wall of the cell, just right because just to show that he's in fact evil. Taking that's out good. the referee, although of course in my books, taking out Earl Hunter like the, that, that's the, yeah. one of the biggest face moves you could possibly ever do. And Matt stood up and, and applauded. That's right, absolutely. Thank you, Kane. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Kane stands before Taker in the middle of the ring. He looks him in the eye. He raises his arms and drops him down dramatically and fire blasts out of the turnbuckles for the first time in a move you've seen Kane do at this point, you know, dozens of times. Millions of times. times. He's had a super long career. Yeah. The first time he does it, the whole building goes, whoa. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a very cool reaction. Extremely unexpected. You, uh, you have no idea that's going to happen, right? You have yes. no idea ring, ring posts could do that. And it goes from being extremely unexpected to being extremely expected uh, going forward. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we, you know, it's very much expected. It's um, basically like a say, say the line, Bart, whenever Kane enters the ring. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then Kane kicks Taker. He lifts him up for a tombstone. 
he doesn't hit him with the tombstone right away though. He like turns around several times. He tries to find the hard camera. I think. Is that what he's doing? Okay. I truly doing? believe that's what he's doing. He has he's to be. Like, like, it's such a strange way to do it. Where I'm just like, just, you should know. Anyway, weird thing to do. He turns around. He steps around, and then he hits him with a tombstone in this weird cane way, where he like drops down really quickly and does it. And uh, and, and I mean, it must have been quite the tombstone. <laughs> I have to say. I mean, the tombstone of the of the millennium. Quite yes. frankly. He Kane leaves with Paul Bearer, who dumps water on the referee on the way out. Oh, that's and, what he throws on him because Vince's like, oh, Paul Bearer is throwing something on the ref. I'm like, it's it water. What is it? Paul, Paul Bearer essentially throws water on the referee and then like gestures like, get in there, like go for, go for it. I love the Looney Tunes moment of water will revive you. <laughs> like, it makes like, why doesn't everybody do that in a wrestling match? Oh, here's Things some water. Dead, Ooh, I, guess, I, I feel completely they better. Don't think of- I think they don't think about it. I think that's the biggest problem is they could they could totally do it. They just don't spend the time actually putting in the work uh, to be like, oh, yeah. I well, they don't want to use single-use plastics, Matthew. Yeah, they exactly. Bring the water with you. No single-use plastics, yeah. That's right. Uh, so Sean, who's a bloody mess, drapes his arm over Taker, and referee Earl Hebner crawls in the ring. He counts one. He counts two. He counts three. The and, slowest slow three count in history. Yes. And we have immediately a hilarious juxtaposition of – Music and image as Sean's sexy boy starts playing. And Sean is a bloody body in the ring. He looks dead. He looks like he was at war. Like he literally, again, pool of blood. He pulls himself out of a pool of his own blood to crawl over and and put the arm on him. But, you know, I I often bemoan the Earl three count. This one makes sense. And the drama of it is so good because no one in a million years expects Sean to win this match. No, No, exactly. Uh, And so Triple H and China come to retrieve Sean. Uh, and which is funny. Triple H helps Sean to the back. Taker stirs the ring as the commentators urge us to join them next month in Montreal for Survivor Series, and we go off the air. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, that is In Your House, Bad Blood, or as they call it, Bad Blood In Your House. Uh, so, Will, I'd love to get your final thoughts on the show and your rating. Uh, if this, we use a three-tier rating system here, as you may recall. If it's a bad show, we say it's in the dungeon. If it's a show that's kind of eh, you say it's in the Nightheart Zone. Or if you think it's a great show, you say it's a TBT, ITBT, WTBT, EWB. That's the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. I guess the theory, I guess for this show, I should also say you can you can give it a, uh, a TBT, ITBT, WTBT, EWB, BS. Because that's what uh, <laughs> to honor Vader with that. But, Will, I'm also going to say, I, just, I also want to just be clear. You could also say the show is a certain rating. You could say a match is another rating. Anyway, I leave, I leave it to you. Oh, yeah, Because, I mean, okay. you're not going to say the show is amazing. Or maybe you are, and you're like, because it's the last match. But, anyway, I encourage you to speak. Go ahead. <laughs> Please. Your, oh, man. I'm getting it. so many stipulations thrown at me. I feel like I'm in a flag match all of a sudden. Um, I mean, you're about, I'm about to make this a hell in the cell if you're not careful. So as as is kind of typical of our 1997 uh, In Your Houses uh, that we've had the last couple of them, um, or I should say the last two, uh, undercard, not great. Main event, uh, 25 out of 10. I mean, this... this I knew what was happening. I knew what to expect. Uh, I've seen this match a couple times before, but it's like, it's so good. And again, like, yeah, they figured out the entire Hell in a Cell formula immediately. Uh, and then the undercard uh, exists. You get, unfortunately, one of the worst, like, Bret Hart matches you'll probably ever see. I I, 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 <sighs> yeah. I mean, maybe that maybe it's, I don't know. There's a lot of WCW stuff maybe that's, like, not good. But regardless, uh, undercard bad. Uh, main event good. Uh, so the main event gets a TBT, TBT, WB, uh, no BS, uh, and the undercard gets dungeon. I think it's it's quite bad. 
Um, so yeah, that's my rating for uh, for Bad Blood. I mean, it's like get it on the network, skip the main event, and have the time of your life. Like really, you'll you'll see you'll see nothing better. Absolutely. Absolutely, I, and, and that's essentially if there's a right answer, that's it. It's a one match show. I, I found the tag the tag flag match generally fine. It was okay, um, but the the Hell in a Cell. It's a great piece of sports entertainment. If you haven't seen it recently, yeah. you owe it yourself to see it again. Rest it's of show is the pre- best. It's got the best like like debut of all time. Like you know, I was thinking, I was like, well, does does the Hell in a Cell? It's already so good. Does it need the Kane thing? And I'm like, well, if you want to have a different finish than just. Oh, Hunter and China and Rick come out and somehow get inside and beat up Undertaker. And, you know, that's how Sean cheats. Like, Sean wins this match through, like, no stroke of his own. Like, Kane has nothing to do with him. We talked about Kane kind of being rested in storyline. Um, they actually, in The Untold, talk about how they, it shifted from Undertaker and Kane to Undertaker and Sean at the September 15th Raw, where Sean sticks a roll of gauze in his shorts because somebody backstage says, I bet you don't have the balls to go out and put something in your shorts and do the interview. And he says, you know, watch me. Uh, and uh, he comes out and Undertaker shows the pre-recorded um, uh, uh, the comments that he made. And then during the commercial break, Sean gets on the mic again and says, Undertaker, I bet you don't have the guts to face me. I'll give you to the count of 10 to come out here burying the Undertaker. Uh, so then yep. it became about Sean and Undertaker. And for some reason, they also mentioned that they were two guys that they never wanted to see together. Vince was like, no, we won't see them in a match, which what? is just unbelievable. I mean, look, I, it's, it's it's truly, it's more bizarre than Gold Dust, even. It, it's truly bizarre as Sean and Undertaker were going to have several excellent matches. And then to the twilight of, to the lit, literal last match of Sean's career in the United States uh, was a Sean Undertaker match that was just... Uh, incredible trying trying to uh, well failing to live up to the year before you know if, if the year before was five stars this was like 4.9 still very good regardless um the last two sean undertaker matches were just amazing uh i'll probably keep watching pay-per-views because i do want to see their casket match at royal rumble where sean hurts himself unfortunately leading to kind of his like little four-year break anyway um right. little four-year but i'm sure i like him thinking about it as a little four-year break but their their chemistry is off the chart. I mean, the, I think the worst thing about Shawn Michaels is how good he is, if that makes sense. Where it's like he's such a dick. He's so annoying. Everybody backstage is so annoyed by him. Undertaker and the Untold says uh, back then, if Shawn was on fire, I wouldn't piss on him, which is such a great phrase. Even back um, then, he he had that little. He, he well, he really, he so found him that frustrating. Eh? They said they, so. What they say is like they didn't have animosity like between themselves they right. were just two completely different guys he right? just sean said so that, much sean said that undertaker was like the cool hand luke the clint eastwood and sean was you know he's like you know he's like i, I was i was outspoken you know it's like i was a little in your face you know whatever um <laughs> he's a bit I, of a, I like softening it that way i was like oh, yeah, you know, bit, you know, gonna forward. yeah 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 it was a bit of a handful as sean would say a uh, bit, bit of a degenerate but they're just two different guys but like yeah but when when it came time to bell the bell ringing and uh, having the match i mean sean was just pretty much the best i think as yeah. i watch more uh, sean matches like he's really good man <laughs> he's, he's, really he's just so good. insanely talented it's like it's really yeah. hard to it's 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 undeniable he is really good at wrestling my friend it's i will undeniable. say that yeah um so yeah um uh, that's yeah. That's gonna do it for the show. The next show we're covering is the, the October sixth, nineteen ninety seven episode of Raw is War. There's no bonus match. Bret is gonna be taking on Sean in the main event. Or sorry, not Sean. Bret is taking on Triple H in the main event Ooh, of Raw. Yikes. And this Before one's this one's a bit uh, it's a bit dramatic because uh, Vince oh, interviews. Man. 
Brian Pillman's uh, widow and on the air, it, on the air, and it is genuinely uh, not okay. Wrestling and, Observer winner for the most uh, underhanded promotional tactic that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, so uh, we'll we'll break it all down next week. Uh, we'll it's have, amazing how we can get something so right, and then the next day just completely almost like squander any goodwill you could possibly have. That's, that's, that's right. Vince McMahon in a nutshell, baby. Well, I mean, dude, he's openly speculating about uh, drug overdose. Yeah. yeah. So let's yeah, not give yeah. him any credit, I would argue. Um, so, yeah, Daniel and I are going to break that show down next week. Uh, but, folks, you can join me and thank you, Will, for coming out and talking about Bat Blood in your house. Hell in a cell. Thank you, Will. Matt, I uh, I enjoyed myself, um, you know, for the most part. Um, yeah, this uh, yeah. folks, go go out of your way. Beg, steal, or borrow to see this match. It's, it's really if you haven't already seen it, if it's been a while, like, you know, go, go back to it. There's, if it's there's been a week, you watch it. You watch it every day. I'm telling you. I think you should watch it every Such day. good storytelling, like really masterful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, folks, we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, hey, we can follow us, Smack Attic Pod, on Instagram and on Twitter. You can share the show with a friend. You can also review us on Apple Podcasts. And it's got to be five stars. Um, it doesn't have to be. That's totally fine. You can do whatever you want. But uh, oh, oh, the red light. Oh, there's some more. There's some hell. I'm stealing some hell, some brimstone maybe, and there's some between the heat of some hellfire and hellfire um, and brimstone. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I'll we, walk we, through we, it. I'll walk through it. It's, it's fine. Excellent. Well, that's good. Uh, so yeah, we'll see if any uh, legendary wrestlers debut next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you then. Is it a top five debut? All time. Oh, it's like it's got to be number one.